It's Thursday, May the 7th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Donald Trump reorients his task force and America and China report big job losses. First, the world in brief. Less than a day after President Donald Trump suggested winding down the White House's coronavirus task force, he tweeted that the group would instead stay active but shift its focus towards safety and reopening the country. The virus continues to ravage America. More than 2,000 people died from COVID-19 on Wednesday. Israel's Supreme Court decided not to prevent Benjamin Netanyahu from becoming Prime Minister once again. It dismissed petitions that would have disqualified him for facing charges of corruption. That leaves Mr Netanyahu and Benny Gantz, his rival in a series of inconclusive elections, free to form a unity government together. Poland's governing coalition agreed to postpone the country's controversial presidential election due to be held on Sunday. The populist Law and Justice, PIS, the largest party, had wanted a postal-only vote to be held given public health conditions. Opposition parties, unable to campaign effectively under lockdown, said that would give the incumbents an unfair advantage. The European Commission published a stark forecast for the EU's economy. Under benign assumptions, it expects the economy to shrink by 7.4% this year, the deepest drop in the bloc's history. During the 2009 financial crisis, it shrank by 4.5%. The Commission warned that uneven recoveries from the pandemic could strain relations within the Union. Private employers in America laid off 20.2 million workers in April, around twice as many as during the financial crisis of 2007 to 2009, according to data from the ADP Research Institute. Its report, which is published days before the government's fuller employment report for the month, showed that the worst-hit sector was leisure and hospitality, in which 8.6 million jobs were cut. There was mostly bad news as several economic indicators were released in China. The Caixin Market Index, measuring sentiment among purchasing managers at services companies, remained negative in April for a third straight month. Caixin Market also found that employment in services dropped at its fastest pace since 2005. Meanwhile, customs data showed imports in April falling by 14.2% year-on-year. Exports unexpectedly rose, however. And General Motors reported stronger-than-expected net profits of $294 million for its first quarter, a rare flicker of positive news from North America's car industry beleaguered by COVID-19. Restructuring before the crisis and solid sales of pickup trucks helped GM stay above water at a time when automotive companies have sold 800,000 fewer vehicles than forecast. And now, here's today's agenda. Give that back, American stimulus funds. While rushing to pump out stimulus money in March, America's Congress forgot to close some loopholes in the mammoth $2 trillion CARES Act. The Paycheck Protection Program, its best-known provision, was designed to help small businesses pay workers during the pandemic. Yet some of its $350 billion ended up with companies not normally considered small. Shake Shack and the Los Angeles Lakers, valued at $2 billion and $4.4 billion respectively, obtained a combined $14.6 million. They have since returned the loans, and the Treasury Department has mandated that by today, all similarly large companies do so as well. The program could use the money. 
The PPP's initial appropriation dried up after just two weeks, and a $310 billion top-up is draining fast. Worse yet, the program unintentionally plays favourites. Because funds are dispersed through banks, successful applicants tend to have strong pre-existing banking relationships. Firms without such partnerships are often left with nothing. How low can you go? Britain's economic forecasts. In recent weeks, economic data have forced statisticians to change the scale on their charts by hitting new lows. This week, they showed a record drop in construction activity, and the car industry's trade body reported that new registrations fell by 97% year-on-year in April. The good news is that the last month probably represented the bottom for Britain's economy, with lockdown restrictions likely to ease in coming weeks. The bad news is that the shape of the recovery remains uncertain. Today's Bank of England announcements are unlikely to include new policy changes, interest rates are already at record lows, quantitative easing has restarted and new schemes have been put in place to support business lending, but investors keenly await the bank's new forecasts. The last set, issued in late January, were dominated by medium-term worries about the potential growth rate of the British economy. Today's numbers are likely to be more focused on the short term. Postponed Poland's pandemic election. Poles were supposed to be heading to the polls on Sunday to elect their president, or rather to the post box. The election was called before the coronavirus took hold. Nonetheless, Andrzej Duda, the populist incumbent, was determined to go ahead with the vote. After all, the right-wing Law and Justice, PIS, that backs him were leading opinion polls. His solution to the problem of holding an election during a pandemic was to switch to a postal ballot, never mind the critics saying it would be neither free nor fair. But yesterday those plans were shelved after Parliament failed to pass a bill that would have allowed universal postal voting. The head of the country's electoral commission had called the idea of pressing ahead legally impossible. Postal unions warned of being overwhelmed. Most worrying, virus-related restrictions had limited candidates' ability to campaign, undermining the integrity of Poland's democracy, according to Human Rights Watch, an NGO. Unter alles, Uber's results and the pandemic. Lyft, America's second biggest ride-sharing firm, took 75% fewer riders in April than a year earlier. Its quarterly losses, however, were relatively less painful. Today, Uber, its biggest rival, reveals the damage done by the coronavirus. It has one advantage. As its own ride-hailing business suffers, its meal delivery service, Uber Eats, has seen demand grow. Analysts expect $3.5 billion in revenue, down 12% on the previous quarter, and a loss of 83 cents per share, 30% worse. Like Lyft, which wants to get rid of 17% of its workforce, Uber has announced job cuts, 3,700 in its case. In the longer run, however, the firm could benefit from the crisis. It had more than $11 billion in cash at the end of the previous quarter and could use that to consolidate in the market. It is reportedly in talks to invest $170 million in Lime, a troubled e-scooter rental startup, expect more such investments and even takeovers. No rest for the wicked, IAG's results. Willie Walsh planned to retire as chief executive of Europe's third largest airline group in March. COVID-19 wrecked those plans. Today, he finds himself in a difficult position. 
He will reveal the company's worst first quarter results since it was formed in a merger of British Airways and Iberia, Spain's flag carrier, a decade ago. A collapse in demand for air travel due to the pandemic has shut down most of the company's operations. That will produce huge losses for several quarters to come. Yet IAG is taking a different route out of the slump from rival European flag carriers. Lufthansa and Air France KLM plan to avoid bankruptcy through big bailouts from their home governments. IAG, however, hopes to avoid one. It plans to cut its way out of trouble. Last week, the company announced plans to axe 20% of jobs at Aer Lingus, Ireland's flag carrier, and 30% of those at BA. Finally, here's the quote of the day from David Hume, who was born on this day in 1711. A wise man, therefore, proportions his belief to the evidence. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.